Ross Brand here for LivestreamUniverse.com. This is Ask the Expert. It's the show where we feature your questions and the topics you want to learn about. Our guest expert today is Mitch Jackson. He's the streaming lawyer, streaming.lawyer or streaminglawyer.com. And today we're going to talk about a few different issues. Mitch has a new book coming out, and it's going to be about uh, how to become an overnight success in business and life. So we'll find out a little bit about the book that he's working on. And if you have questions about how to do business, how to succeed in business, in life, of course, legal questions. Mitch is uh, the 2013 California Attorney of the Year. He's been an Orange County Attorney of the Year. Basically, loads of honors and awards on the legal side as the one of the two founding partners of the Jackson and Wilson uh, trial attorneys in Orange County, California. Um, let's see, what else? Mitch was a keynote speaker at Summit Live. He's going to be featured at Social Media Day San Diego. He's been instrumental in raising awareness about um, stopping uh distracted driving and the issues of streaming and snapping while driving. Uh, he's active in Rotary International. And wow, what else is going on? He's got a new mastermind uh, for uh, legal mastermind. Not so new anymore, in fact. You've been going strong for a little while now. Uh, yeah. But that's something we haven't talked about yet. And of course, uh, if you're a live streamer, you know all about the show.live that Mitch co-hosts every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern with Jen Hoverstead. And uh, I guess Jenny Q's been filling in as a guest host from time to time as well. And Mitch, is, Mitch has some of the best guests on. He's had Gary Vaynerchuk on. And, you know, you name an influencer in the live video space and social media space. Mitch has probably interviewed him either on the show.live or somewhere else. And Mitch, welcome. It's it's always great to have you on and uh, looking forward to talking to you again today. Thank you, Ross. It's really, really good to see you. It's been too long. I always enjoy being on your shows. Love what you're doing. You're killing it on the red carpet. On oh, thank the, you, uh, Mitch. Mar Mario show. Just really enjoy watching what you're doing. So it's fun to be here. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's great. And, and thank so, you, thank you so for coming back on. Well, absolutely. Just so we're clear, the I practice with my wife. She's a senior partner here at Jackson and Wilson. Okay. I just I just do what I'm told. Okay. <laughs> I mean, let's just leave it at that. Let's be real right from the beginning. Let's be transparent. So so far, so far we haven't had any problems over the last 20, 30 years, but it's all good. That's all good. Um Oh, what did I want to? Uh, there's something. Oh, I know what I wanted to mention. It is one of these like little self-important things that people do with their businesses and shows. But what the hell? Uh, I am so excited because you are the first person to do the grand slam and appear on all four of my desktop home uh, studio shows. You were a guest early on on live stream stars. You were the first guest on live stream sports. Uh, Back when we had the panel to talk about the NFL uh, deal to to go on Twitter, and now I think I uh, Amazon got the rights for Thursday night for about fifty million more than <laughs> Twitter paid or something like that. They had to pay. Um, and you were guest on Livestream News to talk about uh, distracted driving awareness day, and now. Of course, you're an expert on whichever of the shows you come on, but now you are making an appearance on Ask the Expert. So you're the first person to hit all four 
shows. Oh my so. goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, that's because we both appreciate the power of live streaming, right? Yes. I'm sure when, when they put your plaque up in the broadcasting and live streaming hall of fame, they'll they'll note that you hit the you were the first one to accomplish the live stream universe grants. <laughs> I'm honored, Ross. That's I did not know that. That's that's pretty cool. So anyway, enough uh, enough uh, frivolity. We're going to get into, in just a little bit, the the Fire Festival and, and some of the, the issues surrounding that for both on the legal side, for influencers, for how social media and influencer marketing on social media can go wrong. But let's start off with the book. Uh, I, I love the title, How to Become an Overnight Success in Business and Life. And let me start there. I mean, I sure. think to some extent, you're being ironic, right? Because you're somebody who believes in building relationships over time, consistently showing up and delivering value. Um, I don't really think that you believe that anybody becomes an overnight success in the sense of they wake up and the next day they've, they've got the world by the by the collar. <laughs> Boy, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be great if that was the case? That'd be I'll, nice, I'll right? That would be a lot of fun because there's so many different things we could become, become successful, you know, at each and every day. You know, the point I was trying to make is, is success from what I've watched over the years, Ross, just helping hundreds and hundreds of companies, of clients, of entrepreneurs start their companies. I've been able to watch what works and what doesn't. And I've been able to really get a good feel for what decisions an entrepreneur needs to make, whether it's offline or online, to be successful, and what decision is the wrong decision. And what I've noticed is entrepreneurs that understand and appreciate the fact that once they flip that switch, once they make that decision, which is like that, that's where change happens and that's where success starts. So you can actually flip that switch in a second and, and take another incorrect path you know, through life, through business to be successful. There was a point in time, Ross, where you made the decision to start embracing live stream or live video. In other words, you made that decision and you went all in. If we fast forward to today, because of that, you know, I see you at conferences, you're at Mario Armstrong uh, event, you know, running the red carpet. It took a an instant and a decision that changed your direction in life. And so, That's right. so what I'm trying to share are principles and concepts that I picked up over the years personally, what I've watched some of my successful clients do over the years, and I'm trying to put it all into an easy to read book. Each chapter is going to be just two or three pages long on a topic, on an issue. So it's a quick read but it's also a quality read and it's and it's premised upon three pillars to success. Right. And I'm a firm believer that if you wanna be successful in life, if you wanna be successful in your online business or your offline business, there are three things that you need to master. The first pillar of success is that you need to master your people skills. Yes. You have to understand how to get along with people. You have to understand how to communicate with people. And you have to understand how to create a top of mind uh, type of reputation, type of image, a perceived expertise in whatever right. you're doing. So you have to develop exemplary people skills. The two other pillars, and we can break these down and talk about them if you want, but the second pillar you need to focus on is you need to work on your business skills. You need, there are a lot of clients, a lot of people out there that have great ideas 
and whether it's creating an app, whether it's throwing an event, you know, whatever it might be, but they don't have the business skills to go about it the right way. And I'm talking about incorporating limited liability companies, liability insurance. I'm talking about using contracts to enter into deals as opposed to a couple of DMs or a text message, which is what you and I see a lot of (laughs) online entrepreneurs do. And then when things go south a year or two down the road, they wonder why it's such a big problem for them. It's because nothing was documented. So the second pillar is, is using established business skills to, to, build your company and develop your your ideas in in a proper way. The third pillar of success in today's world is to develop exemplary digital skills on social media, on live streaming, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Okay. You've got to become proficient at the digital platforms at communicating your message at using your people skills and using your business skills on the digital platform. So the book is all about taking really 30 years of, of offline ideas, approaches, some mistakes, some success, bringing it into the book, and then you know adding a, a large dash, maybe a handful of digital common sense so that it's a book that's relevant to the entrepreneurs today. So it's something that I'm still working on. We've still got a little ways to go. But that's okay because what I was writing about a year a year ago has already changed. Wow. Okay? Yeah, I that's mean, a- it's, it's tough to write any kind of book covering the digital space, right? Because it's it changing so fast. Um, it and I just want to say a quick thanks to Claudia Santiago, who actually uh, wrote down in the chat each of the pillars. Pillar one, master your people skills. Pillar two, work on your business skills. And pillar three, develop your exemplary exemplary uh, digital skills. So thank you for that, Claudia, and, and welcome. Also welcome Nick Rishwain. Uh, Carlos Phoenix is here. Uh, guys would love it if you share this out. Let people know that Mitch is here to ans- answer your questions. And please do throw your questions in the chat. This is Ask the Expert. Um, in fact, we'll open it up for uh, call-ins in a, a little bit later on. But feel sure. free to start asking questions in the chat. I, this is this show is all about your questions, and we can get them in on the book. We can talk about uh, Mitch's speaking gigs. We can talk about you know how he handles speaking situations, uh, what you can do to uh, keep your business on the right side of the law. He's not your lawyer, but he is a lawyer, right, Mitch? So he can share. <laughs> We've Absolutely. done this a few times. Oh, yeah. We're we not going to get all wrapped insights. up. And, of I, course, uh, we're going to talk about the Fire Festival because that is uh, a big, big issue when we get into the digital side. Of course, the, it kind of combines all three areas. And um, I, I guess if I had to ask you, where where do you see most people? And perhaps, uh, you know, you, you're obviously – seeing a lot of millennials stepping up into the entrepreneurial and digital space. Where do you think, um, before we get to the fire Festival, but just in general overview, where do you see people going wrong with how they're doing business online and in tech and in this new kind of sure, sure. new era of business? So, so let me let me both let me start with the positive. I okay. see a lot of really amazing uh, young men and women uh, doing incredible things on on digital. I see a lot of uh, 
business people using modern technology in the offline business efforts, just doing some incredible things, changing the world, right? I mean, this is an exciting time to be alive. And it's a good thing. It's an exciting thing. And the people that are making things happen are the people that are taking action. They're always moving forward. They're not spending all their time thinking about something. They're not all spending all their time watching every TED Talk that comes out. What they're doing is, is they're acting. They're engaging. They're always moving forward. And they're not letting their mistakes or their failures slow them down. So that's what I'm excited about. There's a lot of really cool people out there. Uh, some of them are friends of mine that are just every single day. They're moving forward right. in that direction. And they're changing the world. Okay. On the other side of the coin, I see really, really uh, uh, inventive and creative people that want to do that, but they don't. Right. And they're not taking the action. They don't, un they don't really appreciate how important it is to keep staying active, to keep pushing right. forward. That's number one. Number two is once you start making things happen, I think from a lawyer's perspective, I would love to see more people use proper contracts, documentation. For those of you doing business online, and we're going to talk about Social Media Day San Diego, and I'll be speaking down there in June, and it's one of my favorite events of the year. Right. One day of, of major superstars, you know, Tyler Anderson and Casual Fridays, they do a great job with that event. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things I'll be, I'll be focusing on is – making sure that you document everything you do. And if you're doing business online, if you're selling products or services, right. or you're a consultant, you have a live streaming show, whatever it might be, I'd really like to see you do business as a corporation or a limited liability company. Okay, there are so many advantages to doing business uh, as either an LLC or an incorporation whether it's asset protection, whether it creates new tax deductions, whether right. it creates new retirement opportunities, retirement plan opportunities. If you're gonna do business, do business the right way. What I see at least once or twice a week is we'll get contacted by somebody who is having a falling out with a business partner. They've got a company that's worth 50 grand or $100,000. And they're wondering why they're having problems with their partner. And, I, and I'll ask them, let me see your, your, your incorporation agreement. Let me see your partnership agreement, whatever it might be. And you know ahead of time that there is. I know ahead of time what's going to happen. And what I, <laughs> what I get are a couple of text messages. You know, I, they forward a couple of, and it's like, this is our business agreement. Right. And, and I am an entrepreneur at heart. I get that. You know, I'll tell clients go for it. If they don't have time or the money to incorporate or form an LLC, I still then, I still want them to move forward. Right. But there does come a, time, uh, a point in time where you have to put your big boy pants on and, uh, and take the necessary steps to protect you, your company, your investors, your employees, your family, your basset hound. You don't want all of that exposed to judgment creditors, right? Right. So, I mean, those are the things that I see happening over and over and over that are so easy to fix. And that's why in the book, which its current title is Overnight Success, and that may change depending on what the publisher right. wants to do, is, uh, you know, I want to focus on some of the things that are easy to fix, easy to change and easy to do. But a lot of people don't think about it. So those uh, are the biggest challenges that I see weekly. 
I want to bring in a comment from our, our friend Todd Bergen, who we we both had lunch with at at Summit Live, and it's it's too long to to post up on the screen, but I I think it's really valuable. He says, Mitch, you and I talked about the lack of contracts when we were at Summit Live 2017. The other thing that drives me nuts is the lack of trademarking. Maybe it's not that big of a deal, but it seems nobody trademarks their logo, slogan, tagline. Maybe they don't because they intend. They intended to change every so often as their business grows. What, what are point. your thoughts on on trademarking logos, slogans, taglines, and what to do if you think, well, this just might be a temporary one or <laughs> what have you? That's what happens. You know, things happen so exponentially fast online and in the new business world that you have an idea and you think, well, maybe I need to protect the intellectual property rights of this product or service or logo. And you blink and before you know it, it's a year later, revenue's coming in, you still haven't protected your intellectual property rights. So I think Todd's right. I think I think it's one, that's one of the business components in the book is to understand what intellectual property rights are and depending on your product or service, depending on your needs, what you should do in an ideal world to copyright your material, to trademark, to trade name, to service mark, your products or services, your logos and ideas. It just depends on what you're doing for a living. And yeah, that's a big problem. And that's a ball that's dropped all the time by by business owners, young and old. So that's a that's a great point. And I'm glad that he brought that up. So that falls under the the business pillar of success. That's right. And congratulations to you and to Todd. Uh, I didn't mention it in the intro, but both of you were selected to Joel Com's top 50 influencer, social media influencer list. That was some great list of powerhouses. So congratulations to both of you. That's definitely well-deserved. And uh, I'm really happy for both of you making that list. Yeah, Joel's a brave man for including a lawyer on a list like that. I'll tell you. (laughs) Well, God bless him, but maybe, I, it's, I maybe it's just protecting himself. Right? <laughs> yeah, I think he's covered. I think he's covered he's until twenty eighteen. Yeah. Covered until twenty eighteen, and then we'll see what happens. Uh, you you, know? you, oh, go ahead, Mitch. Oh no, please go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to say because you, you you've mentioned uh, you mentioned about. Uh, doing business as an LLC or a corporation, I imagine for most solopreneurs and partnerships and small businesses, the LLC is probably the way to go or not necessarily. Well, I'm a big fan of limited liability companies, especially here in California. The decision has to do with where you're doing business, which state are you in. It has to do with what you do for a living. Uh, There are certain states that have various rules and regulations that will dictate what type of business entity uh, you can use or what type of business entity is available to you. So, yes, I'm a big fan of one or the other. It just depends on what you do and what state you're in. What I'm not a fan of and what we see all the time, Ross, are general partnerships. Right. Okay. Because everybody knows what a general partnership is. You click a couple of buttons, you can form one online quickly. But in my opinion, okay, it's really one of the worst ways to do business because of liability issues. You're liable for what your general partner does. So I'd like everyone, uh, if you're doing business as a general partner, sit down with your attorney and see if that's best, what's best for you or what advantages would an LLC or a corporation offer you? And and this isn't the most exciting stuff in the world, and I get it, you know, but it's also something that without exception, I mean, 
when you look at the big players in tech, uh, whether mm -hmm. it's Tesla, Google, Facebook, whoever it might be, look at how they're doing business. Mm -hmm. And and how did they start doing business? And I, I guarantee you that when before things began rocking and rolling, they became corporations, they became LLCs. OK, and then with these entities, you can you can mold them and change them and modify them over time to suit your business needs. The other big factor is if you're thinking about getting venture capital uh, funding, they're going to look at what you're doing a lot more seriously if you're doing business as a corporation, if you're doing business as a legitimate right. LLC. Um, and, and it opens up a lot of investment opportunities that a lot of young entrepreneurs just don't think about. It's, it's a big credibility thing, right? Because if you haven't taken that step, then what other steps have you not taken to do your proper bookkeeping, right? I mean, exactly. Um, exactly. And and because this is something that, that, that I hear people talking about all the time, it isn't that complicated anymore for the average person to do their own LLC, or would you say people should be going out and getting, finding an attorney? I mean, I know you're a trial attorney. You're not looking to do LLCs, I don't think, for people, although you do, you can help right. people with that, but... Um, that is something that people really could do on their own, right? They could do sure. their own research and, and put it together. Can you talk about a couple simple steps that they can take so they have a little bit of a roadmap to doing the I'm so I'm so glad you brought that up. And for anyone watching us right now, I mean, this is gold. I'm glad you asked that question because here's the deal. I like technology. I like how things are changing. I'm embracing it. I'm not fighting it. And I think good professionals, regardless of what you do, you need to do the same thing. And um, I was on a show a couple of years ago, and I just circled back with uh, Gabby Stern of the Wall Street Journal. Mm. And on the show was Peter Diamandis. And he was telling me about how he would rather have an AI robot at some point in the future that's won the last 999 cases than a trial lawyer like me because technology is going to bring us to the point where that's where we're heading, right? Robotics, AI, VR, MR, and everything in between. So having said all that, when it comes to document production, creating an LLC, creating a corporation, I think you know platforms like LegalZoom, platforms like Rocket Lawyer, they mm -hmm. create exemplary documents for their clients. So if you know what you want, and if you know which selections to make, while you're using these platforms to create the documents that you need, I say go for it. You know, go right. for it, and you'll you'll receive a quality document. Uh, assuming you're right, making the right decisions as to you know the options and selections with what happens within your LLC or your corporation, you're going to be in good shape. Here's where a lot of people drop the ball. The hard part isn't isn't creating the documents. The right. hard part is following up and making sure you're you're doing your business as a corporation or a limited liability company. That's where people drop the ball. They they don't set up a new bank account. They don't mm. uh, establish new liability insurance for the corporation. They don't file the documents that they're required to file each year uh, in the state that they're doing business. They don't let the public know that they're doing business as a corporation. They give the impression that they're still doing business as Ross Brand as opposed to Ross Brand Inc. Right. And so setting things up isn't the challenging part. The challenging part is continually, continuously doing business as an entity over the long term. And we have a list of probably 20 steps mm 
at least here in California, that we, we, we absolutely insist our clients sign off on it. These are 20 things you need to do after you incorporate, after you form an LLC. Otherwise, all that work was for nothing. And uh, if, if I have the list available and if your viewers want it, I'd be happy to email it to them. Just reach out to me through streaming.lawyer. Awesome. But it's just a good checklist of, okay, now you've got your paperwork in front of you. What do you need to do next? And what do you need to do on an annual basis to make sure you're, you're you know, a properly running organization? So well, that's where people drop the ball, Ross. Well, we've got a couple of attorneys, uh, Nick Rishwain, Todd Bergen, both in Love the uh, in the chat with us. Uh, Claudia Santiago, thank you again so much for sharing so many of the key points that, that Mitch is making. Um, a lot of people, when they're before they go to LLCs, they may have another name that they use for their business, like I Livestream Universe, right? But they're doing business basically as a solopreneur, so their name is on everything, right? When you go to form an LLC, um, should you form it under a business name, or should you still form it, or should you form it under your own name so that you have the flexibility to kind of go in different directions and keep it sort of the same business or have multiple, uh, you know, multiple tents under sure. one big roof or whatever. The, I think there's a better folksy expression than that, but let's go with that one for now. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's a good question. And, you know, I want to apologize to the audience. I, I have just now clicked over to the link where the conversation is taking place. So I'm going to take a look at it the next time I hand the microphone back over to you. You know, it, it depends on what you do, Ross. Um, if you're a consultant, uh, for example, a friend of mine, David Merriman Scott, is a very well-known speaker and author. If you're a consultant like David, I highly advise my clients to um, to use that name if it's part of their brand, if if it's available, uh, because that's your brand recognition. That's your top of mind recognition that you can build on a daily basis, day after day, week after week, year after year, right? Um, but it just depends on what you're doing and, and what type of company, what, what's your long-term play. Uh, you've watched Google change its name, right? right? To accommodate the development of its business. And um, so it just depends, Ross. And that's a, that's a, that's a answer that a lot of lawyers give. And, and Todd right. will tell you, uh, <laughs> It's you know, an answer. It a lot sounds of like power. I'm looking at what you just put up there, but but so you want to first check to see whether or not the name is available. In other words, can't use somebody else's name. There are databases. There are there are systems to find out whether or not the name you want to use is available. Number one, you can't use somebody else's name. Number two, um, if you use that name, is it going to accommodate your long term business plans? That's something else to think to take into consideration. A couple of online uh, deals that I've done over the last couple of years personally, which, you know, it's relevant to what we're talking about is, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, I, I picked up the domain human.social. Right. And I took that human.social and everybody really liked the domain. So I went ahead and uh, filed it with the uh, uh, security inter inter uh, intellectual property rights on it. I'm thinking trade name, if I'm not mistaken trademarked, trade named human.social, I'll have to look, and, and protected myself with that. It's also a new LLC in the state of California. There are a couple of other names that I've picked up and protected over the years just because I have plans to use these later on. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm trying to plan ahead. 
And I don't know if I answered your question, but the, the, the bottom line is you want to check to see if the name's available. You want right. to make sure you have the right to use that name. If someone else has that name or has been using the name, are they willing to sell it? Is it something that can be transferred? If so, use proper documentation for the purchase of that of that brand, that name, and then make sure you protect the new name that you've just acquired, both right. in-state, nationally, and then sometimes internationally, because everything we do now has mm -hmm. international ramifications. A lot That's of people right. don't think about that. And, you know, I guess what I was thinking, um, and, it, it, you know, we have, we have a lot of people have multiple streams of income and have different, different things that they do, right? And so I'm just thinking maybe whether it's your own personal name or it's some sort of umbrella name, right? Why have six LLCs for each six of your <laughs> type of businesses? You know, if you're doing consulting or something like that and you, you work in different areas, perhaps, you know, uh, you know, and again, six is an exaggeration, but you have a couple different areas. Like I do human resources and I do social slash live video, right? Now I have human resources people who need social media and I have live video people who may have human resources issues. So it's not black and white. Um, do I do, I could do one LLC, right? That under Ross brand consulting or something like that, and then do business as live stream universe and as HR avant-garde, right? So, there's a technique that business formation lawyers will use. I think it's a very smart way to do business. And let me, let's take a dental practice as an example. Okay. So, and this may or may not apply to doing business online. It depends on how you're set up and what you want to do. But there, there's a, a thought process that has to do with if you're setting up a, uh, a dental practice, right. uh, the dental practice may be a corporation, for example. Mm -hmm. And that dental practice in there, you've got expensive equipment, you've got staff, You've right. got um, income coming into the dental practice. And what, what we sometimes will do is we'll take that dental practice and we'll take that equipment and we'll put it in a separate limited liability company. And we'll lease that equipment back to the dental practice. So it's not owned by the dentist. It's not owned by the dental corporation. It's a third-party company that's leasing equipment back. That creates new tax uh, benefits. It creates new finance benefits. For example, right. the same thing with your employees. You can have a third-party leasing company, a third-party company sets up that's set up that's hiring the employees. They're leasing them back to the dental corporation, and you're doing this with all of your major assets. Uh, if that dentist has apartment complexes that he's investing in, those are held in another LLC. You're not putting mm -hmm. everything under one umbrella. You're putting everything under multiple umbrellas so that if one umbrella has a leak, it doesn't harm the rest of the umbrellas. For liability purposes, if that dentist gets sued, then all of the expensive equipment over in the LLC is protected. His mm -hmm. apartment complex is protected. It has nothing to do with he or his practice, um, et cetera, et cetera. Now, obviously, if you've got liability insurance to cover what we're talking about, that's, that's your first level of protection. Mm -hmm. Online, Ross, what I'm seeing is that People are running naked. They're running fast. They're running bare when it comes to business. They don't have themselves set up as an entity. They're not using any type of business liability insurance, such as officer and directors, E&O coverage. Right. Um, they're not setting their assets up 
under different umbrellas, which you could do. For example, the Ross brand dot live show might be one entity. If you start a, uh, an online course, or if you're selling, you know, how to do the things that you're doing, that might be a separate business entity. You right. generally don't want to combine the two. Mm -hmm. All right. Because you're putting all your eggs in one basket. And if the wrong Fox gets into the Fox house and gets his or her paws on those eggs, Right. And then you're in a lot of hurt. So you want to separate your assets. You want to separate your business needs. You don't want to put a high risk business in with a low risk business. Right. Keep them right. Separate. Okay. And that's why you see a lot of uh, when you're watching the news late at night and you look at, a, at someone who's very well known that's filed bankruptcy multiple times. Okay. These are these are separate business entities that have filed bankruptcy. Right. Okay. Right. The, the purpose, the person behind that is still rocking and rolling and moving forward. Right. Is it right or wrong? Well, I'm going to let your viewers decide about that, but it is an established way to do business. And I would like to see more online business owners and entrepreneurs think this way and set themselves up for, for, for long-term success. So just as you would form a corporation or an LLC to protect your personal assets, if somebody, say, sues the business, right? It's the same thing that within your businesses, you want to protect a healthy, successful business from maybe one that you're taking more of a risk on or you're, you know. Absolutely. And Absolutely. So having insurance is another, you, you kind of led into my next question. Most people doing business online don't think about insurance, right? We think about insurance in a physical plant, slips and falls and you know things like that. We sure. don't think about um, if you're running a company, if you're running it online, there's still types of insurance that you need and liability insurance. Um, you mentioned um, was it officers and directors or I forget well, what you, you know, coverage, you yeah. know, coverage. Right. Do you recommend that for for, you know, solopreneurs working, you know, sure. operating as an LLC or. So here's what I would suggest. If you're if you're doing business online out of your home, for example, or mm -hmm. you're you, you know, you're involved in an executive suite type of situation, you're, you're sharing office space in a tech center, something like that. Talk to your your uh, homeowner's insurance provider or the mm -hmm. company, your your rental insurance provider, depending on where you live and, and how that goes down, and see if they offer some type of insurance coverage to cover a at-home business. And if they do, does that insurance coverage uh, extend to business being done online? And if it does, what type of coverage will it provide you coverage or protection for? Here in California, where I'm doing business, Will the insurance just cover California matters, California claims, California litigation, or will it also protect me in all of the other states and right. possibly outside of the country? Because once again, when we're selling products and services now online, we have a global audience. We have a global potential customer base. So when you look at the fire Festival uh, disaster that took place you know, over the last couple of weeks, um, you know, what a lot of people don't think about is even though that happened in the Caribbean, you've got international laws mm -hmm. that are going to be coming into force and effect. You've got a California $100 million class action lawsuit filed by Mark Garagos and his firm against the promoters of that event. Right. That applies to everybody across the United States. So you've got state issues, you've got federal issues. And now with our online businesses, we've got international issues. So I find it fascinating. I mean, mm -hmm. that's one of the things that keeps me excited about yes. 
about social and digital and some of my friends that, that you know, because mm-hmm. things are changing so quickly. It, how could you get bored right, with, right. With, with the lives that we're living now? I mean, this right. is just awesome. So I'm going to be sharing tips in San Diego at San Diego Day, uh, Social Media Day San Diego, uh, probably about 10 tips on every online social media agency, influencer, mm-hmm brand and client or customer, you know, what they need to pay attention to when they're doing business on the digital platforms. And I'm excited to have the opportunity to do it because it's going to save a lot of people, a lot of (laughs) headaches. I think the light bulb's going to go on with some of the examples we're going to use. And one of the examples, Ross, is going to be the Fire Festival. That's right. And we're going we're gonna to get to that in just a second. I just want to welcome uh, Wagner Dos Santos. Welcome. Hope everything's going well with you. Welcome, Alfredo. Alfredo, I appreciate the questions about uh, LLCs, but we, uh, we just spent about 20 minutes on that. So we uh, definitely go back and watch the replay because Mitch had some some great advice and uh, you'll definitely get your questions on that answered. But in the time we have remaining, we want to turn to the fire festival because um, I know Mitch, you use the tactic because I know David Meerman Scott has, has cited you as one of the experts at using the tactic of newsjacking. And that's where you take an event that's in the news. That's a hot topic. And You put that into your discussion, but you're still talking about the same principles in many ways that your area of knowledge and expertise focuses on. So many of the same principles that you've just been sharing that are going to be in your book, in your Social Media Day San Diego uh, speech, um, the people who were running the fire festival, the people who were doing business with them as influencers, even the people who were bu- purchasing tickets, uh, maybe should have thought about some of those things. Talk about the fire festival and why it's such an interesting case study for when online business goes wrong. <laughs> well, it, for those people that aren't intimately aware of what happened, let me first share that at streaming.lawyer, we shared a blog post earlier this week Mm -hmm. and we've shared a video there and Ross has seen the video and it shows their promotion of this big, let's just say Coachella times 10 on the sand with boats and girls and helicopters, you know, in a tropical paradise. Uh, And I think the video speaks for itself. And the reality is none of that happened if you look at the history of what's been alleged in the lawsuit, um, it was never going to happen. It was it was a problem from day one. Lack of financing, lack of experience, lack of effort, probably a lack of intent, all of the above. And people showed up and, you know, they didn't have any place to stay. They didn't have uh, the food to eat. What was represented wasn't provided. We had a guest on the show.live yesterday, Ross, who was there. Okay, he was at the event, wow. and he was a friend of Jennifer Hoverstad. Hmm. He also happened to be a lawyer. And uh, so he jumped on. In fact, his name is, I've got it written down here. His will, name is William Finley. Great guy. He said, "Who? you know, almost somebody asked him, you know, why would you go to something like this? And William said, are you kidding me? Did you see the promo? Why wouldn't you go to something like this? It looked awesome. Right. And so he shared with us exactly what happened at the event. And the recorded video is available um, at the show.live. But because of that, what's interesting to me is the takeaway for all of us. 
And right. it's the takeaway from, from the perspective of being a consumer, from being a promoter, from being a brand, and from being an in, from being an in. And the promoters who are very well known uh, were hit with a $100 million class action lawsuit. Another lawsuit was filed on Tuesday. There are more uh, that are going to be filed between now and this weekend, from what I've been told. And I mean, it's, it's going to be a nightmare for them. Uh, people are out of pocket anywhere from, you know, $500 a ticket to reported, reportedly $100,000 a ticket. This was a big ticket item event. So there's a lot of people that are out of pocket. And it just raises awareness as to the problems of, of what we are all exposed to on social media and the importance of us doing our due diligence. And the reality is, and Ross, you and I have talked about this, and there's a lot of people watching the show, we have all heard or known about or we're aware of certain people that might uh, try to sell a $20 download and then you, you go to PayPal or whatever and you give them your credit card and that download never works. And these people have a reputation for doing this, right? They're, they're boxes in the digital hen house. And it's one thing when it's a $20 issue, but when something like this happens and people are out of pocket, thousands of dollars, if not tens of thousands of dollars, I think it just helps all of us raise awareness as to doing our due diligence as consumers, but also for brands, for influencers, and for everybody in between to make sure that you're crossing your T's and you're dotting your I's when it comes to putting on events, when it comes to selling products and services. So for example, Ross, uh, what I, I did an article just the other day. It's probably the top article at streaming.lawyer. And I shared ideas for influencers, brands, and uh, social media agencies, what they need to do to protect themselves when dealing with each other. You know, right. and I talked about, you know, brands contracting with social media agencies that the social media agency makes sure that the influencer follows uh, FTC rules. There are certain rules that influencers have to follow full disclosure before promoting events like this. You know, put the pressure on the social media agency to make sure that they cross their T's and dot their I's with the influencer. Make sure that there's liability insurance. Just don't take it for granted. If you're the social media agency, you want to contract with the influencer and the brand in a way that you're protecting yourself. You're making sure the influencer steps up and accepts responsibility for doing what he or she needs to do to follow the law. Frankly, a lot of influencers aren't doing that. They're taking the money and running, right? They, they get a text message, post this picture, and I'll pay you $250,000. So they post the picture, and then they find out later that something, something happened. Allegedly, that's what happened in this case with one of the Kardashians. They were paid $250,000 to post on Instagram. Uh, didn't disclose it was a paid uh, promotion, although I think a lot of people probably figured it out. But didn't comply, allegedly, with FTC rules, and that's a problem. So my takeaway is... I want to focus on the good and the good right. is that we can all learn from this nightmare and that's what it is. Okay. At best it's, it's reckless, careless conduct. It's inexperienced business people. It's negligence at worst. This is intentional fraud. It's textbook right. intentional fraud. And they're going to be, they're going to get hit with punitive damages. You know, are there assets or is there liability insurance? I don't know. But it's a good example and opportunity for us mm. to take a step back and say, okay, before we do business with somebody, let's learn the facts. Do your own due diligence. Use contracts. 
Don't right. just jump into something. Don't reach out and hire an influencer to do something for you until you make sure that influencer understands his or her obligation to follow the law. Right. And if they don't, then that could create liability for you, Ross. It could create liability for me. So it's just something where we're going through growing pains right now when it comes to doing business on digital, right. branding ourselves on digital, and marketing ourselves on digital. And until we all get this stuff figured out, and it's going to be a few more years before AI kicks in right. and does all of this for us, and I do see that happening, right. um, we have to be careful. Because if you're not careful, there are consequences. And I'll tell you, I've talked to a few people who have said, well, you know, it's no big deal. And it's like, no, you don't get it. That's a very inexperienced, naive way of looking at the world. This is a huge deal. It's a hundred million. There's a hundred million reasons why this is a big deal right, right now right. to the people that put on this this event. And so we need people to kind of grow up a little bit um, and start looking at what they're doing, what they're saying, what they're promoting, the businesses that they're claiming to have. Uh, and let's make sure that they're doing everything that they say that they're doing. That includes you. That includes me. It includes everybody in our social media communities. The website is streaming.lawyer. I've put the graphic up throughout the show. It will stay up for a couple minutes because in case you don't click the links, just remember streaming.lawyer. But if you look for the Livestream Universe logo in the chat, we have Mitch's show on the Fire Festival uh, the link to that, you can go back and see the discussion that Mitch was talking about covering the issues, as well as get his tips for influencer marketing and for social agencies. Uh, that link is there as well. So do check those out. These are excellent resources to understand what is going on and how you can best protect yourself and best do business that will be both ethical and profitable yeah. and keep yourself on the right side of the law in the, in the process and everybody has a good time. Um, I do want to ask you, Mitch, uh, a question here that, that Wagner threw in that, that I think it's pretty interesting. Wagner says, but what if the, what if the influencer is unpaid to me, a paid influencer is a marketer and not a true influencer. I'm not influenced by somebody that was paid to push something on me. How does does that distinction work work into something like this, whether an influencer was paid or unpaid? So the answer is probably not, but let me just premise it's 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 substance over form. So if there's an influencer involved with influencing your decision making process as to whether or not you should buy a product or service, that influencer is going to be subject to the FTC requirements. Federal Trade Commission requirements. You can Google it. You can also get that document at streaming.lawyer. It's in one of my articles that Ross just mentioned. So it has more to do with if you're an influencer and if you're doing business and you have certain requirements you have to comply with. So I don't know if that answered this question. It's not a matter of being compensated. If mm -hmm. you're putting yourself out there as an influencer, for example, let's say, uh, I'm trying to think of somebody who might be fun. Um, uh, Anderson Cooper on CNN, okay. for example. Let's say for some reason you wanted Anderson Cooper to to influence people into buying your products or services. He's a friend of yours. He's not going to charge you to do it, but he goes out and he starts sharing tweets about RossBrand.Live or mm -hmm. Mario Armstrong, even better, because you're working the red carpet for Mario. If right. Mario starts doing that for you, you know, is that a favor? 
Uh, is he or is he expecting some type of consideration in return? Because these are the issues that do come up. It's a lot more clear if you're being paid, if he's being paid to promote your show, then mm -hmm. obviously that falls under FTC rules. And, and you have to disclose that if you're taking any money for it. You have to disclose it. It's 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 right. it's consideration. So even if it's a bargain for exchange, in exchange for for you mentioning my show, I'll let you do A, B, and C. It doesn't have to be a money exchange. It's a consideration exchange. Right, right. So just, you know, I would encourage social media agencies. I would encourage influencers to, to get up to speed on what's required under FTC rules and regulations. Right. In some instances, FCC guidelines too, depending on if you're using the television and things like this. And just make sure you're up to speed on what your obligations and requirements are. Can I pivot real quick because you brought yeah. up newsjacking and we kind of went right past it. And I just want to share with your audience, it's one of the powerful tools that everybody can use to right. build your businesses and, and expand your sphere of influence. And what that is, is when, you, when there's a breaking news story, something that you can add value to because of what you do, because of your expertise, because of your knowledge, right. if you immediately jump on that breaking news story and you go about it the right way and you offer a commentary, you offer your unique perspective on, on what's going on, um, it allows you to get in front of reporters, uh, uh, whether it's online, on the radio, on television, whatever it might. Uh oh, look at Nick. I have a consideration. It allows you to to um, become top of mind and and get your 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 post, your live streams, right. your periscopes, whatever it might be, shared you know around the world because you're commenting about this, and reporters are looking for a unique take on a breaking news story. Right. What we did yesterday is, although it wasn't necessarily a breaking news story, it was hybrid newsjacking in more than one form. What we did is we had a roundtable panel to discuss what happened with the fire Festival. We invited in brands, influencers, some lawyers, social media agency owners to participate in the show. And we talked about the issues. And it was kind of awesome with having that many people on a live streaming show at once. It was kind of intimidating, hurting all the cats and making sure everybody had a chance to, to, to share their two cents worth. But I think the pros significantly outweighed the cons. And it was a really, it was a unique approach to having a live streaming show. The takeaway though, is that that show has been shared all over the place. The takeaway is in this particular instance, that particular show is probably going to be uh, talked about in Las Vegas at a Tony Robbins mastery event wow. uh, in August, I think, I'm not sure, because it's a unique way, unique way of newsjacking. I didn't set up the show to, for that reason, but as with anything that we do, when we're branding ourselves, when we're marketing ourselves, we're, we're trying to become top of mind. And I honestly mm -hmm. feel the best SEO out there today, it's not search engine optimization. I honestly believe it's social engineering optimization, and I've got socialengineeringoptimization.com. I, I, I got it a couple of years ago, but I think it all has to do with engineering your social media relationships by sharing great content in a consistent fashion uh, in such a way that you're helping others. And mm -hmm. by doing that, you become top of mind. And by becoming top of mind, if somebody needs your services, your products, you're who they're going to be thinking about. 
You're who they know, like, and trust. And it's your DM, your text message, right. your phone. For some of us that still use phones, that's what's <laughs> going to ring, right? right? So by doing this type of quasi-news jacking event yesterday, it, it did allow not only me, but but people on the show to elevate their top-of-mind awareness in the minds of their clients and their mm -hmm. customers and third parties. So it was win-win for everybody that was involved. And I would like to see more online businesses doing shows like that, doing roundtable events, um, commenting on breaking news stories where you can lend your expertise. For example, Ross, mm -hmm. I noticed yesterday, and I didn't read the post, you know, I looked at the headline and that was it. Right. But I believe somebody was on CNN yesterday morning or the morning before talking about how Facebook had just hired hundreds or thousands of more employees to help accommodate their Facebook Live division. Right. Right. And you probably heard that story. Someone like you that's that's in this, you know, in this industry mm -hmm. right there, there's a story to jump on and talk about Facebook Live and talk about the need for for customer support. If you're a big brand and to talk about right. why why live streaming is so powerful. And and by doing that, it only takes one reporter with CNN or The Wall Street Journal or on the other side of the pond. To mm -hmm. see your live stream talking about a unique perspective regarding this breaking news story, and it's game on. Right, and right. It's, it's easy to do, and I think more and more people need to create the right mindset to watch for these opportunities so that they can jump on them and then you know ride the uh, ride the golf cart to success. Let me ask you a question as as far as being a, you know a show host goes and planning um, your shows and. I know like me, you you also kind of book out ahead of time and you try and get the best guests and, and line them up so you can promote well in advance and have them scheduled because they have busy schedules. Um, but you're also allowing yourself the flexibility to do topics and, and switch up. Um, are you, are you still, are you booking like every week or are you leaving some week open where you can? interview shows it's the topic is is largely determined by who the guest is and what their area of expertise and, and interest is and i'm starting to wonder okay i'm not booking so far ahead anymore so that i have a little more flexibility to jump on what's happening of course you know a guest like yourself we could go in seven different directions with any show but some people come on with a very specific niche and you can't really newsjack with what they do because right. that's what they're there to talk about. And if they're not going to talk about that, there's no value in it for them and there's limited value in it for the audience. So so as of Monday morning, we didn't have a show this week. Uh, oh, our, guest, okay. our guest had to reschedule, which is fine. And uh, when, I, when I started getting up to speed on the uh, fire Festival, it just blew me away what was going on. I mean, I really encourage people to, to check out this story. Uh, and watch the videos. And so I just put something together at the last minute and it exploded. It really went right. well, which shows you the power of digital. It shows you if you have the right mindset, there's always something to talk about. There's always something for us to discuss. But here's the thing, Ross, I'm a firm believer in having a consistent show mm -hmm. and bringing your guest on and it is what it is. And, and, and we're both enjoying right. doing that. But I'm also a big fan of this little bad boy right here. I don't right. care where you are and what you're doing. We can instantly broadcast, you know, uh, 
your thoughts. If you want to newsjack a breaking news story, I don't care where you are, or what you're doing. And you've seen me, I've done it down at the sand while I'm yep. on the beach flying my drone. I do it in front of the courthouse while I'm waiting for the long-winded lawyer to finish his, his opening argument on a case. I mean, there's always time that rather than just sitting around twiddling your fingers, you can jump on this and you can comment. And so what I found to be very effective is and I'll fill everybody in on a little secret. I mean, instead of just randomly periscoping or doing a Facebook Live, uh, you know, there's we're to the point now where I've probably got 225 news reporters in, a, in an email list. And it's relationships I've built up over the years. So when I do newsjack a story, that link immediately gets shot out to the reporters. Mm-hmm. And if they're looking to do an article, they'll they'll click on the Periscope, they'll click on Facebook Live, they'll check out my my Twitter feed. Sometimes you can hop on Twitter and just do a quick thirty to sixty second video. Right. So they've subscribed to a list where then they get your your updates or alerts or. Well, they don't subscribe. The way it works is when you're interviewed, I always ask the reporter, "Listen, um, if there's anything else that comes up, Ross." You know, would you like me to reach out to you? You know, absolutely, oh, Mitch. This was great. Well, I've got an email list that I put together. Are you good with me including your name on the list? Yeah, that would be great. That'll save me so much time. And so we built up a list over the years. Mm-hmm. And so all I'm suggesting is whatever you do, whatever your interests, whatever your passions, you know, keep track of your contacts. Right. Because right. it's all about relationships. And so when you do take these steps, you can, let's just say you can throw fuel on the fire. Instead of it randomly being picked up by by a major news bureau, you can actually push it along a little bit and reach right. out to reporters that you have a relationship. When the Michael Jackson case, wrongful death case, was being tried in Los Angeles, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Larry Bodine, who used to be uh, uh, president of, I want to say Lawyers.com, or I think it was Lawyers.com, he reached out to us and we were commenting on the trial, giving commentary Oh, daily or weekly, whatever it was. It was a long trial. And it was only because of a prior relationship with Larry that he reached out to us and had us do these daily blog posts on probably one of the most well-read, you know, legal blogs in the United right. States. So relationships oftentimes will, will allow you access to get the results that you're looking for. And if you can get the results that you're looking for, when you do make those relationships, Make sure you take advantage of them and make it easy for them to write a good last minute blog post or to have somebody join them on the evening news rather than them having to risk roll the dice and risk having some knucklehead sitting next to them that can't carry on a conversation or maybe doesn't come across the way that reporter wants because what that reporter's sharing is a direct reflection of him or her and they want to make sure their source you and me right. providing quality content that really makes them look good. And right. I'm, I'm okay with that. And one of the pillars in the book when it comes to people skills, it has to do with do everything you can in life to make other people look good. Be genuine about it. Go out of your way to try to help people. Go out of your way to try to make a difference in other people's lives, whether it's personal, whether it's professional. And, and don't fake it. Okay, don't expect anything in return. And once you get this mindset, bridges, you know, get built, walls get knocked down and good things start happening. I see that happening a lot more, frankly, with with business online over the last three or four years. It's a mindset that millennials have. And I love seeing that not so much offline 
with my business contacts over the last 20 years. It's a different world, but but they're they're getting it too. You know, they're coming around yeah. to this new concept too. So there's a dance. And if you guys are interested in in this whole newsjacking approach, David's got a a course at uh, I think it's at David Merriman Scott. It's probably linked there. But it's a great newsjacking course. Reach out to him. Tell him I said hello. And that's the way you want to newsjack is follow what he teaches because it's a two-edged sword. If you newsjack the right way, um, it'll it's a game changer. If right. you newsjack the wrong way, it can put you out of business. Yeah, okay? I mean, if you if you try and newsjack something that you don't know anything about, now you've basically exposed yourself as a source with no credibility, right? Like we can't go yeah, to that. It's like, it's like, it's like if you're selling Honda generators and you're newsjacking a, a, a national, a natural disaster that just took place <laughs> flooding. I mean, and this is what this happens. I mean, he Un- unless the natural disaster was caused by a Honda generator, that's, <laughs> but, you know, it's like, you gotta be tactful about right. which stories you want to, you want to talk about. And some of the ones that worked out really well for us over the years, uh, you know, we, we talked about the Bill Cosby uh, a drugging matter where he was allegedly right. putting drugs in, in, into women's drinks and sexually assaulting them. And my angle on that had to do within the state of California. If somebody uh, does drug your drink or your food, what are the legal ramifications? Is it a civil action? Is it a criminal right. action? And so I newsjacked that case with that type of twist when Seymour um, Hoffman died of a heroin overdose in New York City. I, I newsjacked that case and talked about what is the liability of a drug dealer here in California for supplying, you know, an illegal drug to somebody who ends up being harmed or killed because of it. And to me, it's kind of a fascinating conversation. So I do the research and I immediately share my two cents worth. Uh, when Ryan uh, Lock- Locky, the Olympic swimmer, right. uh, was caught in Rio misleading the police officers as to what happened. You know, I wrote a post about telling the truth, about how important it is in business not to exaggerate and to tell the truth. And, you know, sometimes that's harder. It's easier said than done for some people. But I thought it was an interesting perspective on that breaking news story because I shared that story about Ryan. Right. uh, uh, David Scott was in Florida talking to a Tony Robbins business mastery group 2,000 people in the audience paying $10,000 a ticket. And for 10 to 15 minutes, David live streamed and talked about what my law firm was doing. And he used the Ryan Lockheed example as a newsjacking example when he was speaking with that audience. So it works, you guys. It's just a matter of doing it. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. Do it with the mindset of adding value to the story of adding valuable information and a helpful approach. Sometimes there's a life lesson we can all learn from these breaking stories. Right. And if you do it with that type of approach in mind, uh, it'll come back to you full circle, you know, over and over and over again. And that's why I like that branding, that marketing, that business approach so much. It's just, yeah, it's done wonders for the firm. I'm going to go back and look over some of your, your past posts because um, before I heard, uh, David Merriman Scott mentioned newsjacking. I understood that you were taking a story that was in the news and 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 jumping on it, but I, I didn't realize such a science behind it. And you, you've really kind of 
I mean, you could do a course on this at, at this point. But Dave is uh, the go-to guy. I will check out. I'll check that out. Uh, that this is fascinating stuff, and um, it, it it's really just allowing you to tie your area of expertise. And I'm talking you to anybody here mm-hmm. to tie your area of expertise when when the news gets into your lane, <laughs> your area. You you have an opportunity to make yourself relevant to a larger to a larger audience, and and like Mitch said, um, if a reporter can rely on you for a consistently good quote or a consistently good appearance, backed by knowledge, backed by credibility, um, you're going to stand out from the you know ten other people who didn't bother to make that contact or were too busy to go on the show and or too didn't return their call when they needed a quote or whatever it is, or just didn't bother to discuss that issue. So I, yeah. I think what what you're doing with that is brilliant. Uh, before you jump jump off, tell us again what you're doing with uh, distracted driving. You've been such a strong advocate for that, trying to really save lives and keep people out of trouble. Um, it's still an issue. You still, people still, still see people streaming and driving and snapping and driving. Um, talk, talk about why this is such an important <laughs> issue and why you've chosen to, to really be out front on, on, on this issue within the community. Well, thanks for asking. Uh, I wasn't expecting that Ross, but it's, you know, April was distracted driving awareness month and, We've always handled cases and have sat across, you know, the table from families who have lost loved ones to drunk driving and over the last 10 years, distracted driving. I mean, just tragic cases. And when Joel Feldman, who's a lawyer, uh, uh, when his name came onto my radar, it involved his 21-year-old daughter, Casey, who was crossing the crosswalk in the middle of the day and she was struck and killed by a distracted driver. And when I saw and heard Joel's story and what his family had been through, really the light bulb went on for me. It's like, we all need to jump on this problem. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. Okay. And Joel's uh, website and his foundation and everything that he's doing, you can reach it at enddd.org. And so we jumped all onto the distracted driving awareness campaign and took what Joel was doing and really brought it into the social platforms. Uh, we, we created StopDD.Today. My son, Garrett, uh, helped us do this, and, it, and that's his Interact, the Rotary Interact kids and things like this. And so we started uh, and created Stop DD Today to raise awareness as to the dangers of distracted driving and uh, hopefully to stop distracted driving. Just quickly, uh, the you know what people don't realize is each year in the United States, between four and 6,000 people are killed because of distracted driving, the numbers is probably twice that, it's just not reported. How do you know how something happened? If somebody's killed, they can't tell you. Uh, between uh, four and 600,000 people are injured each year because of distracted right. driving. You know, to put that number into perspective, only about, and I say only, but only about 290,000 people each year are injured because of drunk driving. So the injuries that we're seeing from distracted driving is substantially higher than drunk driving. And none of us believe that drunk driving is okay. Um, it's it's a big public uh, health concern. It's something that is just not okay for people to participate in distracted driving. So we're trying to raise awareness and, and show people that when they look down on their smartphone, uh, on an average, they're spending, whether they realize it or not, three to five seconds looking at a text or dialing a number, whatever it might be. 
And at three to five seconds traveling 55 miles an hour, that's like traveling the length of a football field blindfolded. Wow. You can't do it safely. And a lot of people are under the misconception, Ross, that Bluetooth and hands-free operation of a mobile device in the phone in, in the car is safe to do, and it's not. Studies have shown that even when you use a Bluetooth, when you use a hands-free device, your attention from the act of driving is distracted for about 27 seconds. You're not as focused as you need to be. These links, these studies, these reports, these numbers, they can all be found at stopdd.today. I encourage people to, to jump in and join us in this cause, share the information with your family, friends, and loved ones. And uh, it's not just risking your life if you're distracted driving, it's everybody around you. you right. know, somebody else that's driving or somebody walking down the street, and we see tragic stories each and every day. And so we've, we've, we've picked up the ball and ran with it on the social media platforms. I'm so glad that we did. It's, it's caused some tension with some influencers that just can't seem to stop, you know, Snapchatting while they're driving. Uh, look, I've reached out to them. I've since blocked them, stopped supporting what they, they're non-factors in my life. Because if you're so self-centered where you can't stop using a device while you're driving, then in my, you have no business being a part of my world or my client's world. So right. we're really taking this cause seriously. And we try to tell people, look, just turn your phone off before you turn your car on. It's easier said than done. It's not as easy as, as, as it is to it's say. Hard. It's, it's hard. It's hard. You know, and, and a study came out and it was on 60 Minutes. And it was done by Anderson Cooper. And it talks about how our tech companies have created, you know, the new slot machine. This is the new slot machine, but now it's likes, shares, and the same the same wiring in the brain that, that creates compulsive gambling. That that approach works with smartphones. And if you haven't seen the sixty minute study, go to sixty minutes and do a search. It was a couple of weeks ago, and the bottom line is these phones are addictive. And so once you realize it, you can try to create new habits like you would with any type of addiction, mm. uh, especially when you're behind the wheel. There are other types of distracted driving, talking to your kids, eating food, putting on makeup. I get all that, but I'm kind of focusing on the use of mobile technology. So I appreciate you bringing that up, Ross. This is a wonderful tool, but it's it's dangerous when you put it in your hands at the wrong time. And I'm somebody, I, I'm proud to say that I, I've never streamed and drive. I don't snap standing still so i don't have to worry about that one but I, I you know i've never been creating content while i'm driving but this has definitely made me more aware that when i'm stopped at a red light or something like that picking it up to check what that last message is you know no don't don't do don't, it, don't yeah, do it. It's, it's don't do it it's just people don't realize how how fast your life or the life of someone else can be turned upside down claudia just mentioned that she stopped uh, you know, using her phone while driving because of distracted stopdd.today and Claudia. That when I see that, it just it just warms my heart and it makes my day. And thank you for doing that. And share the message with your family and friends uh, because we're going to save lives. The reality is, Ross. When I I'm, I have a Cadillac Escalade, it's a, it's an old one. It's mm -hmm. one I bought to take my baseball teams and soccer teams around town and back in the day. But I'm a little bit higher up than most of the other vehicles. So when I drive to the office, when I look to my left and my right, everybody's driving around with a cell phone in their hand. It's, it's crazy, you know. And um, so just you know, be aware, everybody, of uh, what's going on. And for me, Ross, had a case. Uh, 
that we're, we're actually wrapping up. It, it involved a grandmother and a two-year-old granddaughter who were both killed uh, by another driver in a vehicle accident uh, where the other driver was speeding, was reckless, and was probably involved in distracted driving. Two other people in the vehicle were serious, severely injured with hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical bills. The other driver uh, is being prosecuted for two counts of murder. He'll probably do life in prison here in California. When, you, when, you're, when you're intimately involved with these types of cases, there's no discussion to be had. When somebody tells me I'm a great driver and I have the ability to do this. You don't. You don't. And so it's just a matter of education. It's a matter of being aware of the risk. And it's a matter of checking ourselves literally before we wreck ourselves. Right. right. So so thanks for bringing that up. I didn't know we were going to go there today, but I appreciate all your support. Well, I appreciate what you're doing very much. And I know, like you've mentioned, there have been some controversy and there have been some people who haven't taken it well. And, you know, that's that's for them to sort out because you just can't be doing it anymore. I mean, when I look over now, before I was more tolerant, but since you brought up the issue and, you know, I'm not that vocal about it. But when I look over and see somebody, um, you know, pulling into a red light and they've, they're, they're just like they're texting along on the or they're texting along on the highway. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, you're playing Russian roulette, but you're doing it with somebody else's life. And it's not, you know, it's just not right. And no, whatever it, it, it is, it can wait. It, you know, it can wait to see whether you got that extra like on your Instagram post or, or even to see whether somebody wished you a happy birthday or you got a new job or you signed a new contract or whatever. It can wait. It can wait 10 minutes till you get home or pull over, check all your messages and get back on the road. Believe me, um, I, I so, you know. It, it's it really to me is like somebody's playing with a gun that's loaded and 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 just twirling it around thinking oh it's not going to go off that's how it is to me now since since this campaign and before this campaign it was like well that's stupid and I would never do it other than maybe I would pick up the phone at a red light and look at a text or something shouldn't have done that but but now when I see somebody driving down the road like. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's Russian roulette. You know, you, you, that's a great metaphor. It's, it's Russian roulette while you're driving. And Claudia says she's going to be speaking about this. Claudia, thank you for doing that. Um, you know, and it's about sharing the message. Look, if we had a drunk driver driving up and down our street where you live each and every day while your kids are out front playing, would you just stand by and let that drunk driver drive up and down the street? Of and I'd like not. to think that most of us wouldn't. We would do something. We would call the authorities. We would walk down and confront that drunk driver. I know I would, and I have before. Um, you know, it's just the right thing to do. Well, here's the thing. Distracted driving is a bigger problem today than when it comes to injuring people than drunk driving, and it's not okay. So hopefully over time, uh, the light bulb will go on on in everyone's minds, we'll all be on the same page. Right. But until we're on that same page, if you're a distracted driver, you're not going to be in the books that I'm reading. You're not going to be on the shows that I'm watching. And right. You're certainly not going to get any legal business advice from me because um, you know you need to change your behavior before you kill someone. Yeah, and it, it's really a shame to see people who are 
successful and well-educated and smart in, in so much of what they do and then to do this and, and set a bad example for others and in the in in the really in the cause of what an extra subscriber an extra point on their clout score it's not worth it it's just not worth <laughs> well, it well it's so self-centered mm-hmm. i mean if those are the reasons you're doing this is to sell more books or to sell more products or services wow what a self-centered approach and and that's why i i think it is a habit i think it's a it's a it's an addictive habit that some people can't break and um you're setting a wrong example for your followers. If you happen to be an influencer that's engaging in daily distracted driving, and I think Ross and I both know influencers that are doing that, whether they're live streaming, whether they're Snapchatting, whatever it might be, you know, what type of example are, are you setting for your audience? You know, are you really the leader that you that you would like to be? I think the answer is obvious. You're not. You know, you're somebody that they shouldn't be following. And so um, I don't know. You know, we'll just keep sharing information, and hopefully, over time, this problem will sort its sort its way out. And hopefully, nobody that we know, uh, Ross, will be harmed or killed because of distracted driving. I hope so. Thank you so much for all you do on this issue. And of course, it's always wonderful to have you on. Mitch has been on all four of our live interview shows uh one day you'll have to wow. come to new york and walk the red carpet at mario armstrong's never settle show we'll get you on the pre-show and <laughs> post show and we, talk to you there as well absolutely lisa and i love new york we'll, we'll come out when we come out I'll, I'll ring you ahead of time and we'll make it happen and of course when the book comes out definitely uh let us know how we can all help you out in in, in spreading that message and you're always welcome to come back and talk some more it's it's always Awesome having you on. You've been a great friend since I've I've gotten into live streaming, and I'm so glad the show dot live is going well, and and you're you're speaking and getting your message out all over the country, all over the world. Um, congratulations again on on everything that that, that you've been doing. Thanks, Ross, and I, I'm I'm excited that you've been a big part of the journey. We've been doing this together, yeah. so thank you, and thanks everyone for joining us. I really appreciate it. Make today your masterpiece. Thanks, everybody. We will be back Monday night with live stream stars, 7 p.m. Eastern. Vicki Fitch. You know Vicki Fitch. Everybody knows Vicki Fitch. I had a blast on her show. Uh, Direct sales expert, podcaster, live streamer. Uh, She's going to be on Monday night. We're going to have a a great time. So do join us, 7 p.m. Eastern, Ross Brand.live. Have a great night, everybody. Bye-bye, everybody.